Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here. I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. 40 Strategy is built to make strategy work for small to medium-sized businesses and organizations by designing world-class strategic plans, but more importantly, help keeping them accountable to actually get it done. To learn more, go to 40strategy.com. You may have heard that our book, Lost at CEO, has been released. It's become an Amazon bestseller, and we encourage you to go out. What a wonderful Christmas gift that you can go out and give or holiday gift for people and you can go ahead and uh, get this on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or Audible. So encourage you to go out there, and I think it can have a significant impact into how you can do your strategic planning to help grow your business or organization in the future. Now, this particular episode we have here is a part of our giving series that we have here in 2023. We are talking with extraordinary people and leaders who have taken a significant part of their life to help give and make a difference towards others. And this guest that we have today, uh, Bert Waugh, is definitely uh, one of these human beings. He is a uh, experienced owner and a great entrepreneur that you're going to hear about his history a bit today. He uh, made a lot of his success in the real estate industry. And um, also him and his wife, Susie, one of the things that we'll talk about is particular their organization to help with. They've helped out with street youth going back to the 1970s. They used to bring people into their home. And in 1991, he founded Transition Youth, which is a nonprofit organization here in uh, the Oregon area, which uh, provides housing and outreach support to young people who otherwise would be living on the streets. And um, he does this primarily in Oregon and Southwest Washington. And I think you're going to find an incredible mom. They've been able to help out over five, hum- um, excuse me, um, they're They've been able to help uh, numbers of people. I'll give it, let him give more of the details and information to that here in just a moment. But Bert, welcome to the Measure Success Podcast. Thank you so much, Carl. Great to be here. Great to be with you. Absolutely. Well, Bert, let's let's start out with since once again the primary purpose of this is the the donation giving season and talking about what give us a bit more depth behind transitional youth. Why you decide to start this up? And, and the impact that's having today. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, as you mentioned, I started bringing street kids into our home uh, in the 70s. And in 1991, I became president of the Stan Wiley Company, real estate company. And the Lord put on my heart uh, in 91 to start Transitional Youth. And he made it really clear. And that message hasn't changed since. But he said, I want you to feed downtown. Once you have houses, independent living, and home ownership. And for 32 years, we've stayed steadfast in, in that vision. And that's what started Transitional Youth. Today, uh, we have five houses, uh, three for young women. Uh, one house is for young women with babies, so that we go down to 14, but the other houses are 18 to 24. And then we have two houses for young men, 18 to 24. Uh, and then we have two coffee shops, uh, Breaking Cycles Coffee uh, and Bike Shop in Portland, and then a coffee shop in Crossroads Church 
in uh, Vancouver. So why is that age group such an important age group? You, you said there's this focus between 18 and 24. Why is that valuable? Why is that important? There are a lot of programs uh, from zero to 18 and a lot of pro programs for 24, 25 and above, but very few from 18 to 24. And that has really been my focus. I've got a lot of passion for the young ones and a lot of passion for the older ones, but um, my passion and my purpose uh, is that 18 to 24 age group. You know, I reflect back in my personal life and such a significant amount of change happened from, frankly, my own faith changing when I was 19 years old to learning about what career I was going to get into and, and, and critical education. If you don't get things structured right in that 18 to 24 year old period, it's going to have a significant impact on the trajectory for the rest of your life. So when you're helping out, once again, these, these young, young, you know, uh, young people and young adults, right. Where they perhaps have been on the street for multiple years, perhaps, you know, and they're out of the system now, right. They're no longer getting help. They've been effectively kicked out of, uh, support. How, how do they find you? Like, how do they know that you exist? And, and they're like, wow, there's, there's, I can maybe find a better way and, and get out of this cycle I've been caught up in. Yeah. It's a little bit harder now since COVID and the riots in downtown Portland, because the youth have really moved out of downtown Portland. It's really even more dangerous for them. Prior to that, we were feeding downtown Portland uh, during the week and weekends, and we'd be serving a hundred, hundred and some uh, youth a night. So that was a, a good arm uh, for bringing youth into their houses, jail, treatment centers, uh, and but mainly and mainly now word of mouth. Um, so we're, we've been down there for 32 years now. So there's a lot of word of mouth. But, you know, you, you talked about this. I was sharing this with somebody the other day. I've had thousands of youth cross my path since the 70s. And I can only remember one that had a mom and dad. Now, I'm sure there's others, but I can only remember one. And that's Jared in 2010, was the second boy up at the Ritz Family Ranch out of Yakult, Washington. And now he's married, has three children, great job. We, we talk once a month. Um, but... That's the foundation. That's why I love the I love transitional youth, but I even love more the breaking cycles uh, because that's what we're doing. We are breaking cycles. I was down at I go down to McLaren uh, Institution for uh, young men, uh, thirteen to uh, twenty four, and I was down there last night. Two weekends ago, I spent Friday and Saturday down there. I cried all the way home. I was visiting a 15 year old who was in McLaren now, then to the big pen for 25 to life for murder. And then I was visiting with, I don't remember now how many 13 year olds and my heart was just breaking. How's that possible to have all these 13 year olds? And I didn't have enough time to get in to hear their stories, but I will be doing that. 
So with with going back to let's say some coming into your home, what is it about transitional youth that's working? What has what enables them to change their behaviors, get out of the habits, get away from the peer pressure that they've been caught up with in so they can actually start living life on their own, so to speak, right? Being able to not just, I hate using this term, but take away from a society, but actually give towards society and creating value once again, so they can get out of the destructive path that they've been in, in during their, their previous seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just took lunch uh, to a, a young man, uh, took him to lunch uh, this week, and he was part of Antifa uh, during the riots at downtown Portland. And now he's at, uh, at our Wilsonville house, uh, Fortify. Uh, part of his expectation, uh, goals and rules, uh, they, 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 they've got to want to. They want to change their life. And it's hard today. We've got a couple of big new uh, obstacles. The government is trying harder and harder to keep these kids under their control. They're giving them a lot of free things, room, food, keeping them tied to the, to the government. And we don't, we don't allow that. That's not part of our program. And then we're finding almost every youth coming into transitional youth today has a mental health issue. And that's a whole new challenge for us uh, today. But there's one thing, one, one thing, Carl, that I think is important to say, almost 100% of them, they're in our house for, within the first month, they will tell me, I never knew there was so much love. Yeah, one, one of the things that you and one of our other favorite organizations, Homeboy Industries, have in common is, and I want to be careful of saying this because once again, I certainly have not been to every organization throughout the world, but it's the love in the in your organizations. It's like it feels greater than the the best church you could ever go into or the best non. But it is like this love and caring, and without presuming, because I've heard different answers. Why do you think that's true? What? Why is it that there's such joy from those who you're serving after they've been able to have positive experiences? What? What? What changes their lives that that brings them such joy? Well, like this young man that I took to to lunch, he he said, "I'm struggling a little bit because I've only known living outside." And so I've got that's a, that's a whole new world for me now today too. So it's I think it's the unconditional love. It's the opportunity that we we're giving them to transform their life. Um, I'm board chair of local Goodwill uh, Columbia Willamette here in the community. We've got a program now that um, through job connections we can give them job opportunities. Uh, they have opportunity to work at the coffee shop and be paid under internship and mentorship. Um, we now through Goodwill too have a high school graduation certificate for them. It's not a GED, it's actually a high school diploma. 
Uh, we give them counseling. We give them mentoring. Um, and again, that opportunity to transform their lives. It doesn't take them long to uh, start appreciating that opportunity. So you, you mentioned the challenge with mental health. Um, another big challenge, right, is drug use, right, that's out there. So what do you do in those situations, right? Because I'm assuming a fair amount have some addiction, and I, I might be wrong in saying that. Um, do, do they have to learn to get off of, of drugs before they can be in it? Do you drug test? I'm kind of curious what you do in those situations to help, once again, to help start continue breaking that cycle away so they can yeah. transition. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> me, our program says you have to be off drugs for 30 days. That's never happened, I don't think. Just, I'm a little removed now. I, I was executive director for like 25 years, unpaid, but still executive director. Now we have a fabulous director, Ron Amal. Um, I would say 100% of them are in, certainly marijuana and the fact that it's legal in Oregon and Washington. Um, most of them come in with drugs. They can't have drugs uh, in the house. We do drug treatment, uh, surprise drug, treat, uh, drug testing. Um, and we're very, very strict about that. We do have um, give second chances where we don't is if they bring alcohol or drugs in and bring a brother or sister down, there's no second chance. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a, that's kind of, that's passing a line, right? It's one thing of when they're, they're hurting themselves, but when they're bringing down somebody else with them um, and, and trying to pull out that, that, that is a great challenge. Yeah. So I'm going to ask, of course, ask the question and from transitional use perspective, how do you measure success in your organization? Carl, I get asked that a lot. And it's, and it's generally in this way. Bert, you're really old. Why do you do what you do? And what is your success rate? So answering the question on the success, for me, it's 100%. And the reason for that is they may be there a week, two weeks, a month, a year. Our program's a year. We've had some stay longer than that. But when they leave, they leave with the Holy Spirit. So for me, that's 100% success. When I was just starting this out in 1991, I mean, I was so fired up and I knew I was going to bring every single youth off the streets. That was a tough lesson to learn, but once I did, it's one at a time, one youth at a time. And, that, and that's why I can say I've never been discouraged, ever. I've been disappointed, but I've never been discouraged. There's a couple of things I want to touch on there. Um, one is I'm going to go 
not related directly, but something specifically you said there, Clayton Christian, the late Clayton Christensen, who wrote Innovator's Dilemma, was a professor at Harvard Business, considered arguably to be one of the greatest business consultants of all time. When asked by Stephen M. R. Covey, what is your greatest level of success? This is what Stephen M. R. Covey told me. He said, for him, for Clayton Christensen, it was one, if he can help out one business at a time, one, one leader at a time, he found success in that. And I think that's a fascinating thing, right? Because here we have this joint desire to make extraordinary difference to one. And I am one of them. But what's interesting is even changing one person's life is so significant towards that one person. And so I appreciate you saying that, right? If, if you're able to change that. So first of all, thank you for saying that. Secondly, I want to make a comment about your age, if you're okay. Now, you if you are you okay with saying the 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 round age that you just passed? Of course. So go ahead and say for the for the audience. So, I had the privilege to turn eighty uh, in May. Okay, but what did you do right after you turned May, in regards to an airplane? <laughs> well, my birthday was May twenty second. And I did learn something about myself uh, in that process. On May 20th, uh, a bunch of us, and one of uh, we have nine grandkids, and one of my granddaughters jumped out of the plane with me. We, we uh, did some skydiving. And then that night, my first birthday party. And then the second night, another birthday party. And then the 22nd, the birthday, another birthday party. That was a little much for an 80-year-old, but it was exciting. Now the question is: Was it the third birthday party? Or was it jumping it out of an airplane? Like I, I mean, that that is remarkable that you did something like that. So, Bert, what I want to do now is usually it's kind of the other way and backwards. We'll talk about the the business, but the business in this case is transitional youth. But you have had a, a really successful business career, and and you've had some interesting cases of where you had a bunch of success and then you took time off and then you went through, if you don't mind, because part of it seems like, at least from an outside perspective and knowing now I've had a chance to meet you multiple times in person and we've had multiple phone calls, et cetera. I'm curious from your perspective. So once again, going back to you had a position where you had had success and you, and you by definition had, didn't have to work a, a day again in your life. And then, and you took some time off. And this is the one I'm talking about in the eighties, like, like that earlier time period when you first, your first, if you may, uh, time that you took some time off, what did you find when you were in that season of quote unquote, you don't have to technically work a day again. Why did you go back other than your wife saying it's probably a good idea to go back into work? You know, what, what, what was, what was some of the reasons why you thought it was to help go back and, and make a difference again? Well, in, in uh, 81, uh, I sold the business. And then in 83, um, it was just time to get off the tractor and get off the field. And we had been bringing youth in. And uh, somewhat late in life, I uh, found the Lord. And I accepted the Lord in my life in 83. And that opened up all new uh, passion uh, for me. And that started then on my career of 30-some uh, of years then in, in real estate. 
that was in 1983 when Ron Mill <clears throat> brought me uh, to the Lord. And uh, a shared pastor that I had many for many years. Um, the, so that's really, so once again, you, you had this, you, you thought you had it all, but you realized perhaps you didn't. Right. And, and, and then you, you found faith and, and then once again, though, still regardless of beforehand, you still had this heart anyways, right. For youth opening transition in youth. I loved how you said you had this uh, chance, but you've also had the other side where you almost lost everything or, or nearly did. Yes. Here. And it, it, tell me about that. Tell about the audience. How was that? How, what was that experience and how did you, overcome that because some people don't right some people mentally it becomes such a big challenge yeah share with that with the audience yeah i i started running uh the stan wiley real estate company in 1985 uh stan and dorothy passed away in 1996 um and that's when i bought this susan i bought the company in 1996 1998 uh, I moved it to Prudential Northwest Properties, and we had a nice long run. Um, I, I think it, it helped uh, the culture of the company with transitional youth because I honestly think I've transformed more agents and their and their families' lives than I have youth over that period of time because they'd come down where they're having challenges with their children. They'd come down and feed at the feeding center, and that got them looking at well, what would it be like? like for me to be on the street as a youth. And then 2007 and eight hit. And I lost a fortune between 2008 and 2013. And I won't go into all that, uh, but um, kept uh, Prudential Property alive and kept uh, Transitional Youth alive. Uh, and then had opportunity to uh, sell it to Berkshire Hathaway. And did that. Uh, didn't make any money on the sale, but got all debt and everybody kept their job. My son then uh, started running uh, the company. And um, I stayed on for a number of years um, after that, too, uh, to help. And um, but I didn't lose my wife. I didn't lose my house. I didn't lose my children, my grandchildren or or transitional youth. So I I have said forever or for many years, I've got to be one of the most blessed men in the world. I've been able to do my passion for all these years. And more importantly, I've been able to do my purpose. And I just feel incredibly blessed uh, with being able to do that, both passion and purpose. And that's why I wanted to, I appreciate you sharing that, Bert. And and, and I know that you could probably have three episodes, right? Talking about the ups and downs, the details of you had to go through there. But big reason we had this show is we're a massive believer of, of people should. And I like, I, I'll, I'll say this. We can, we, the potential that we have is extraordinary. As, as everyone else is listening to it, you have the potential to do extraordinary things. But there's times when our true character is tested is when it gets overcome, you know, when when we lose it and when we lose our wealth or we lose our opportunity. 
and and often people will find they've made everything and they're still not happy and they still don't have joy, right? You know, it's like it just because they got a bunch of numbers in their bank account didn't actually bring them peace and joy. It just they hit a goal, right? But they didn't find that real peace and joy. And I think what you have been able to role model through your own peaks and your own valleys is you've been able to find the joy in relationships and the value that you've had in different people's lives with your own, you know, with your wife, with your, your kids, your grandkids, the extended people around with, with transitional youth, right. And the purpose that you have there, I think it is a true testimony of your faith and a true testimony of what really brings in many cases, true joy and true success um, for what I've observed. And so, I want to be able to say that. I, I want to ask you a question, which is, what habits have you learned over the years that you you need to do consistently to help make sure that you're having a, an extraordinary difference? You know, what, what is it of those things that that helps you be your best? Every morning when my feet hit the ground, I say. I trust you, Lord. I love you. Looking forward to this day. Um, I've been retired now for three years. Um, still very busy, but it's on my own time. Uh, like I said, I'm board chair of Goodwill Industries and just love that organization uh, and all the great work they do. And then still... Pretty active in transitional youth. Um, a number of things keep me going. Uh, we've had two weddings and a childbirth in the last two months. Um, had a young fella that, out of New Mexico that figured out when he was 14 that uh, it wasn't usual for his classmates to, uh, when they go to bed at night and in their bedroom, they're not handcuffed and have to sleep in the closet. And he hit the he hit the highway at 14. I got him at 18 into the feeding center. Um, he 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 it didn't really work out for him at uh, at the ranch, but uh, now he has a Bible study in in Idaho. Wow! And it's 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 those things that are in my life almost on a daily basis. Young fellow Daniel, his mom dropped him off in the streets of Portland at eight years old. And he was on the streets of eight running for drug guys, too, for many of those years. And I got him at 18. Uh, I was involved in his wedding, uh, doing fantastic now. Uh, so, you know, there's again, I say I've, I've never been discouraged. I, I get disappointed. But boy, the you are so right. The joy is just unbelievable. I, I was talking to a friend of mine who sold this business for three hundred million dollars. And he's never given a dollar away. I love him. He asked me to pray uh, for him, uh, but he's never given any money. And I was on the phone with him one day and I said, you know, I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. And you are never, ever going to know the joy of giving and just the impact that you can make on some lives and the transformation that can take place. That was so well said. And so those are listening. This is once again, this is uh, I'm 
don't have any problems. I think people know who've listened to the podcast for a long time. 40 Strategy gives the first 10% of our net revenues to charity. And, and uh, Transitional Youth happens to be one of our um, core organizations that we give to on a, on a consistent basis. And so we're so grateful. That's why uh, Bert was so kind enough to be on the show today. And, and what this is ultimately an ask. We're here in the giving season. And we want to encourage you to help give your, once again, whether it be your time, uh, perhaps it's your money, um, but ideally in this case, we're, we're looking for donations to help out the good cause that Transitional Youth is doing. Maybe two things, um, Bert. One, if you can share with them our the website to help do a donation, that's number one. And number two, help people understand what, You've described a lot of the out, you know, uh, the experiences. But what does the money go towards? You know, what what does it do so you can help continuing the mission that you're doing today? Yeah, great. Uh, the website is transitionalyouth.org, and I'm very very proud. Uh, I was also board chair of uh, Medical Teams International, and they were kind of a role model for me because um, uh, they're they operate on about six cents out of the, the, the dollar and our operation at TY is nine cents on the dollar. Um, and we are, I, I affectionately call everybody in transition a, a, a missionary. It is, it, it is a mission field. And um, it, there's no cost for the youth to come in. What we uh, run them all who's the um, executive director and uh, hopefully one of these days you can have Ron all on her story is just amazing the first I won't go into too much detail but the first year seven years of her life her home was the backseat of their car um, but um, just the youth when they're with us and then they start a job they put two hundred dollars into uh, a housing account and then if they graduate they get all that money back mm. if they don't graduate then it stays in the program but um we've got a we've got about an eight hundred thousand dollar budget which is amazing with two coffee shops and three and five houses uh we just opened the the third girls house this year and that's dealing strictly with the girls coming out of sex trafficking That's extraordinary. What you said, effectively, ninety-one cents out of every dollar is going directly towards the mission, right? Not, not, yeah. not to manage from the, from the administration standpoint. Right. I think that is a, a, an amazing cause. Once again, it's transitionalyouth.org. I uh, encourage you to take a look and join me and join many others that are a part of giving towards this organization because they do an extraordinary difference. They are meeting this gap. Of once again, this 18 to 24 year old uh, youth that are lost. And by you helping to give towards them and towards this organization, it's helping young these young people get control, um, have a better future, and to have peace and hope for the many of them for the first time in years, maybe perhaps the first time in life. And, and that is, I think, what's absolutely amazing. So, Bert, anything else you'd like to share before we head off today of this podcast? Maybe just end with, uh, I carry in my, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm sure you can't see it, but I carry it in my pocket, a, a coffee bean. 
and I ran into a, a book called The Coffee Bean. And I love it. I give it to all the youth now. And what it stands for, it says, do you want to be a carrot or an egg uh, or a coffee bean? And you take uh, a cup or a bowl of steaming hot water and that's your environment. And if you're, and if you're uh, uh, a carrot, you'll turn into mush and be worthless. If you're an egg, you get in that hot water and you become hard and hard and you got a hard heart. But you put a coffee bean into it and that transformation is a beautiful taste and a beautiful transformation in your life. And I, and I love the book by John Gordon and Damon Weston. He, Damon was, was in, she was in, in jail too. Um, and it's a, a great analogy for my youth uh, going through transitional youth. That's thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Bert. And thank you so much for being a guest on the Measure Success podcast today. Carl, thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. And to everyone else who's listening, I hope this has touched you. You've heard, I hope these stories are encouraging you to once again give in this giving season. We're just so grateful to be a part of such extraordinary human beings. It's how, what helps get me out of bed each day is to have a purpose. And and I know by when we do great work, we can pass it along to great organizations like this, that they can do what they're what they're in the best in the world at. And we're so grateful for everyone who's on those missions. So as we always like to say, wishing you the very best and measuring your success. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.